BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down Sunday, bloody Sunday, has begun. Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. The National Football League week began at SoFi Stadium with the Los Angeles Rams beating the Las Vegas Raiders 17-16 in week 14 of the National Football League. Regular season ends at SoFi with the Chargers uh, winning 23-17 over the visiting Miami Dolphins. The Chargers uh, get it done in a must-win situation. Meanwhile, the Miami Dolphins have come back down to uh, reality and are suddenly struggling, and they go to Buffalo on Saturday night. That's right. We've got Saturday night uh, football. We've got football all day long, and it's bowl season coming up. It's the calm before the storm, and it was a pretty strange weekend as it was. So I I am Gabriel Moranzi. We got a full house here tonight. Ian Cameron, AK Babano, steps up and in. Mo Khan, who was at the Giant and Eagle game, kicks it uh, with us. We got Jason B. Takafin to get caught up to date and break down all the the Major League Baseball sightings of the week. But as far as the National Football League is concerned, the Chargers, big win for the Chargers. Chargers needed uh, this win. The Seattle Seahawks needed the win. Too bad they didn't get it. Carolina Panthers beat them. And uh, now Seattle have to deal with a San Francisco 49er football team that has not missed a step with Brock Purdy at the quarterback uh, position. And in fact, you could argue, I don't know, are they better? I'm not going to say better. It's the same. It's the same. Let's just call it off what it is. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't really do very much to begin with. And I don't say this like as anything negative. But Brock, Brock Purdy can do the same things that Jimmy Garoppolo does. And I think there's something to it. I don't know. There almost seems to be more pressure on like a first rounder than there is on a dude that's Mr. Irrelevant or a guy like Heineke. These guys come in and they're playing with house money. You know, the the big time draft picks have pressure on them and they're going to have to, you know, it's a different, it's just a different mindset. There seems to be something, you know, something to be said uh, for. But San Francisco, their defense is dialed up uh, right now. Didn't miss anything with Jimmy Garoppolo out in Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa just blow. All right, Tampa, Tampa are like the the rest of the NFC. They suck. All right, the NFC is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And we'll go over the divisions and the teams and just basically, is there any reason why the Philadelphia Eagles won't be able to make it to the Super Bowl? Maybe the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys averted a disaster today. They were laying 17, 17 and a half points against the Houston Texans and nearly lost uh, the football game. So we got a lot of football to unpack. College football, we've got the Bulls that are kicking off on Friday. UFC, the UFC on Saturday night and absolute uh, chaos. I was at the NHL game with the Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota Wild on Saturday night. So I didn't see uh, the fights live. Patty Pimblett wins a fight that nobody thought uh, that he won. And then we've got a uh, a draw in the main event in which uh, everybody uh, thought that there was a winner in. 
Let's roll. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Baranci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. The late night anger management class has begun. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates joining us on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Series XM Channel 159. The Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio at a 50,000-watt uh, juggernaut, 97.1, the freaking Dallas, uh, Texas. We're running the gauntlet across the nation. The Los Angeles Chargers run the gauntlet tonight over the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins offense couldn't get anything going against a beleaguered Los Angeles Chargers offense. It's pretty much been pushed around by everybody. Tua continues to struggle. And now it appears as though that defensive coordinators kind of figured out what the Miami Dolphins want to do. And I think Tua is struggling. I think the offensive line issues are one of the reasons why Tua is struggling. And then I think, and we saw tonight on a couple of occasions, I think Collinsworth did a great job of showing the the field from Tua's perspective in which he drops back to pass and where he's supposed to go and what he wants to do. The Chargers did a great job of taking that away uh, tonight. So it was a big-time win for the Los Angeles Chargers uh, tonight, 23-17 over the Miami Dolphins. Both home teams won in in this stadium uh, this week. The week started with the Rams and the Raiders, 17-16. All right, the Seattle Seahawks, today was a football game that they needed to win considering the New York Giants got punched in the mouth by the Philadelphia Eagles, but they didn't. Carolina won, and they're actually in a division battle right now because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blow. Philadelphia Eagles. They route the New York football Giants. 48-22 was the final score. And next week, the Philadelphia Eagles will play the Chicago Bears. I think the Philadelphia Eagles' strength of schedule was basically worse than the Central Michigan Chippewas uh, this year. This is absolutely, it's almost like comical. Like, you know, I know the Eagles are good, but how good are they really? Oh, but they smoked Tennessee. What, the same Tennessee team that just got murdered by the Jacksonville Jaguars? Wheels are falling off. I know it's not the Daytona 500, but we've got rims and tires all over the place. It's like reality bites time in the National Football League. It's time to start separating the pretenders from the contenders. And uh, it looks like the Tennessee Titans are pretenders. The Denver Broncos are pretenders. They're just clowns. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Lorenzi. Vent your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. 
Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moretz. I'm the players, the hustlers, the people who bust up, and everybody else in between. Jason B. Takafin will step up and in and join us a little bit uh, later on. We'll talk Major League uh, Baseball free agency with Jason, three-time champion. Uh, with the Toronto Blue Jay organization, ran their A-ball affiliate, won three championships. We'll talk baseball. Ian Cameron will step up and in. We'll talk uh, Monday Night Football, NHL hockey, and more from a betting perspective. We've got Mo Khan ready to step up and in in a moment uh, here, but we do have uh, some breaking news and some unfortunate uh, news. Mike Leach, head football coach Mike Leach, now Mississippi State, of course, longtime Washington State uh, head coach Mike Leach, um, is in a very serious health uh, situation uh, right now. And to be like uh, airlifted to a hospital, uh, he's lost like oxygen to his brain. Uh, it's very, very serious, like uh, like life and death. The next couple of hours supposedly are 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 critical to uh, to um, to Mike uh, Mike Leach. We wish Mike Leach the best. And in fact, um, so this is being reported. This is a serious situation. Uh, it's life and death stuff. Uh, basically, the next couple of hours, as in like now, are key that they stabilize his brain and they stabilize him. He was airlifted. And I guess what was worse, the weather, you know, they had to, they had to, they had to get him to a bigger hospital and weather was a problem. So it was sort of delayed, but they did get him there. So we wish uh, Mike Leach uh, the absolute best uh, right now. Um, all right, let's bring in let's bring in Mo Khan. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to unpack. Mo was at the New York Giant in the Philadelphia Eagle game. Our boy Matthias in the booth, uh, running the show tonight, was at the UFC uh, last night, and I was at an NHL game. So um, we were all we all witnessed uh, something, and Mo Khan witnessed an ass kicking as the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles just beat down. The New York Giants, as they often do, actually, at MetLife Stadium in front of many Philadelphia Eagle fans as well. Mo, always a pleasure. How you doing today? Well, I just got back from New York about an hour and a half ago, so it, it was buzzing game at MetLife on Sunday afternoon. And you're right, there were a plethora of Eagle fans in all sections of MetLife Stadium. I was looking up to sit eighth row behind the Giants bench. And it was Eagles Nation. By the fourth quarter game, all the Eagle fans somehow got to the lower bowl. And it became almost an Eagle home crowd at that point with all the Giant fans as traditional leaving by the early third quarter to be trafficked to get home from MetLife. But uh, there's no question in my mind, uh, this Eagle team was impressive. Their D-line was impressive. They contained and, and harassed Daniel Jones all throughout the football game and, and almost mutilated them at times, right? The way how they rushed, really rushed them all throughout the four quarters. But more importantly, you know, I thought Jalen Hurts was fantastic in the wet weather. It was it was pouring rain in, in New Jersey, and he was able to control the tempo, the environment, and he made some clutch throws when it mattered most. And I thought the, 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 what the game that really changed most in this matchup was on that fourth down call where he hit that touchdown pass down the sidelines, and that was it for the Giants, and that was now in firm position to perhaps be the number one seed with Spikes lost next week if they do win. Yeah, you know, let's you know, see if we can reconnect with Mo here, uh, Matthias. Try to try to reconnect. We're, we're losing uh, Mo, cutting out a little bit here. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are twelve and one now, guys, and you can't you can't punish a team for playing the teams that are on their schedule, right? And the, the Eagles are handling their business on a weekly basis, but if you look at like who they played, it's very it's amazing. Like it really is, it really is like a cupcake. You know, college like cream puff schedule in which so they opened up with the Detroit Lions. Uh, they opened up with the Lions. They got the Vikings, okay, you know what I mean, the first two weeks. After that, the Commanders, the Jaguars, the Cardinals, uh, Cooper Rush and the Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Houston Texans. They lost to the Commanders when they played them. They beat the Colts. They beat the Packers. They beat the Titans. They beat the Giants. Now, this week, they're playing the Bears. It's like it's unbelievable. Like their schedule, you know. So I know people in Philadelphia are thinking, and some people think, "Oh my God, this team is a juggernaut. They're unbelievable. They're killing teams. They really are like a college team in a bad conference, right? That are just murdering everybody. But we really don't know how good they are. Like if they played one good football team, I guess they played the Dallas Cowboys, who are a good football team." It was Cooper Rush, but Cooper Rush was playing decent football. Okay, you know what I mean? So, 
Like I, like I said, the Minnesota Vikings are a fraud. Vikings are a fraud. Today they were exposed in a major way. And we can pick on Kirk Cousins. We'll get to that as uh, we work on getting Mo Khan uh, back here. Um, you know, we can get to that. But honestly, like I said, like if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles schedule and who they played this year, and the Lions are playing better football right now. They are. Right? The Lions are playing better football now. They were, you know what I mean? At the start of the year, they weren't. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you get the Minnesota Vikings early. So, Mo, I really wonder, okay, the Eagles are 12-1. and I've got to tip my cap to them. Jalen Hurts is definitely the MVP this year. Sirianni, who I like to be coach of the year as well. I can argue is the coach of the year and all that. But I look at this team like a college football team, Mo, that plays at a bad conference and it's just beating up, um, you know, cream puffs. Their schedule has been ultra easy and soft this year. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Gabe, you can definitely use that argument, right? But that front four, they brought in Dominican Sue and more reinforcements. That front four is going to be tough to beat. I know the run, run defense has been awful, but today they showed a lot of character in how they contained Saquon Barkley and minimized the running attack for the New York Giants. And I just think now my question for this Eagle team isn't the front seven, but it's going to be the back for the defense because they're taking a hit with some guys going down in the secondary. So can they keep up with the horses that they'll face in the playoffs that have receiving power? But there's no question in my mind that today and seeing what they did in first hands in eighth row, they look like a team that could go very deep in the playoffs this year. So I'm really intrigued to see what they can do when they do face better competition as we move towards the end of the year, which will face Cowboys and, of course, in January for playoffs. Yeah, I don't know when they're going to face better competition, really, until maybe the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> okay, well, the Dallas Cowboys. You won't dismiss the Dallas Cowboys. No. And I won't dismiss the San Francisco 49ers. But I think the Niners are better than the Cowboys. So I'll have the, you know, if we're doing power rankings here, Philadelphia 1, San Francisco 2, Dallas 3. But honestly, if you look at the NFC, Minnesota are frauds. All right, like they're, you know, they, they, I'm not going to say they're the worst 10 and 3 team ever because Pittsburgh weren't very good a couple of years or last year, whatever it was, when they were 10 and 0, or, you know what I mean? So right. there's been other instances where there's been teams with these lofty records that aren't great. But we've established that the Vikings kind of blow. And I don't know how they're 10 and 3, to be honest, but they are. Tampa Bay are terrible. Like they're a 6 and 7 football team. They're bad. The Carolina Panthers are 5 and 8, and they're only one game back. Like, the NFC South winner will have zero impact on the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings will have zero impact on the playoffs. All right, the NFC West, Seattle, you know, reality is starting to kick in for the Seattle Seahawks now. San Francisco are a dangerous team. So, in other words, you basically have Dallas, San Francisco as the only two legitimate threats to beat the Eagles. And on top of that, we know that they're going to be playing in Philadelphia. And I believe more in San Francisco, even with Brock Purdy, than Dallas. And I'll ask you this. Are you buying in? Can the Cowboys, I don't really care that they didn't cover today. And people are going to criticize them and yeah. stuff, whatever. Yeah. They won the football game. They got it done. But the question is, is, can Dak Prescott win big, big football games? And not one of them, but a couple of them. I don't know. And I'm not so sure the Cowboys could go into Philadelphia and win like that. Gabe, let's put it this way, right? Quarterbacks have the funny moments. Can you tell me a defining moment in Dak Prescott's career where you say that game is where he wanted? Not many, if any, right? And now this is his chance here because this defense, when it's playing well, Gabe, is unreal. So this is his chance now to prove a point that he can be that quarterback from the South Side Cowboys moving forward. More with Mo Khan on the other side, the late night anger management class. The New York Giants got punched in the mouth today. They get the Washington Commanders. Remember, they played to that tie last week. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. The late night anger match for class Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gabriel Moranzi. Mo Khan kick with us uh, right now. TSN uh, Radio and uh, more. Mo played football uh, as uh, well. Uh, Concordia University. Shadigi Raiders uh, in the house. So, Mo, um, I was just looking at the, the board here, and honestly, you know, we're talking about the NFC and how there's a clear path for the Philadelphia Eagles. And when we look at the AFC, there's more there's more better teams in the AFC. Like, you know what I mean? There's right. there's a bunch of, like, very good teams but not great teams in the AFC, and the NFC is just bad, bad. But when I look at contenders, I think we're starting to – I mean, it's December now, guys. Christmas is in less than two weeks now. Like, or I guess, what, two weeks to like, you know, today, yesterday, whatever it is here. So here here we come. The playoffs are around the corner. I think if we look, Mo, at legitimate Super Bowl candidates, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they're the three teams that are like legitimately you can make a strong argument that, yes, they can make it to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati, of course, made it to the Super Bowl last year, but they're starting to peak at the right time right now. They've won five straight football games. So I'd say Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City. And then we look at the NFC, Philadelphia, San Francisco. And then we'll, we'll, we've got to give Dallas the credit. You know what I mean? We'll put Dallas right there as well at that with three. So really, I'd say there's six teams right now that we can say are legitimate Super Bowl threats. And out of that six, I can say, okay, there's still there's a hierarchy there uh, as well. Would you agree with that? Am I leaving a team out? Because I don't think I am. I don't, I don't see anybody else that's a legitimate Super Bowl threat. Yeah, it, it would have been Baltimore three weeks ago. And then now with no Lamar Jackson and the way they've been kind of struggling through, even though they won against Pittsburgh, uh, which was a, which was a hard hitting affair as we always see those two teams. I, I think those teams that you've listed are the keys to why we could see a, a, maybe a San Fran Buffalo final or, or maybe a Dallas against uh, KC final or whatever it might be at that point. I just think that when you look at the quality on the AFC side here, uh, yes, there are the three best teams that you've listed before. But let's not forget the bottom of that AFC compared to the NFC. There is quality quality to be had. There is a chance for an upset to be had. Uh, yeah. Even though Tennessee, a team that's been up and down and, and now in, in influx with what they've done with, with John Robson no longer there and what they couldn't do uh, on Sunday, this is a team that I think that could upset a, you know, a, a, a Chiefs team, a Bengals team. They could the knock someone off, Mo, but they couldn't they could. win three in a row. But they definitely no, they can knock someone off. It's the same thing with Tom Brady and the Bucks, right? I don't know if they're going to be able to solve things, but still, it's a one-game elimination, and it's one game. I get that, but winning three games is another question. And I agree with you with Baltimore. I'd say Baltimore is sort of like on that cusp, but they're not consistent enough. Their defense isn't good enough, and they probably don't even win that football game today if Kenny Pickett doesn't get knocked out of it. Mitch Trubisky was terrible, Mo. You were at the Giant game, but it was an interception fest. Like, Pittsburgh... 
Like, Pittsburgh could have won that game, bro. Like, Mitch Trubisky yeah. threw three interceptions. I think two of them were, like, one in the end zone, red zone. Like, it was constant. They, they missed a field goal. They missed a 40-yard field goal, Boswell, or it got blocked. It got blocked at the line. They left a lot of points on the field. That was a winnable game for the Steelers today. Yeah, they showed actually during the intermission in between uh, commercials of, of the Pittsburgh game and, and what it was. And it's too bad for Pittsburgh to lose Kenny Pickett as he did. But that's the thing, though, Gabe, with this Baltimore team, you know John Harbaugh coach-led teams, they'll play muck and they'll beat you up, right? And, and that's why I think they can go to a Kansas City. They can go to a Cincinnati or even a Buffalo and compete with them. But I don't know, and as you said before, I don't know if they have enough horsepower on offense to, to match up with the elite quarterbacks. And for Lamar Jackson, you're expecting him to be that thrower, runner, and creator, even though he has a banged-up knee now going towards the playoffs, if, if that's the case to be for them. So I just think now for Baltimore, can they get healthy? And, and that's been the biggest knock for them in the last couple of years, where even though they have a, a, a robust amount of talent to work with, they have lacked the health um, factor in their favor that has made them more vulnerable the last two seasons. What did you think of the New York Giants uh, up close? So you saw the Eagles. You were impressed with them. And I can't disagree as far as the Eagles' defensive line, their depth, their size. They're a good football team. right? They're, they're built to go to the Super Bowl, this Philadelphia Eagle team. And I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be the most valuable player. So the Giants get punched in the mouth. Injuries are caught up to the Giants, but their lack of depth is being exposed uh, as well. But they're still yeah. in the playoffs right now. right? That was a massive loss for Seattle today. Like, Seattle... If Seattle don't make the playoffs, they're going to look back on this game today. <laughs> this is right, this is right, the one right. where it's like, man, you know, we win this game. You're in the playoffs now suddenly. Now you're not. And that tie really could come to help Washington and the Giants just because it's better than a loss. They play each other this week. But we know the Giants are not Super Bowl contenders for real. You know, we saw what happened when they played a really good team uh, today. They backdoored the Cowboys, but they got punched in the mouth by the, by the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. What were your thoughts on the Giants, and what do you think of them moving forward now? So, leaving MetLife, uh, Sean O'Hara and Victor Cruz, they do a post-game show uh, from the stadium after all the home games. And, and you can hear it on the speaker sound, even on TV, that's all outside the MetLife area of the, of the football stadium. And Sean Harris said it perfectly. He goes, today the Eagles are the all-pros and the Giants are the average Joes. And, and, and there is a chasm right now with the Giants. And, and I think Giants fans who I sat around with, they all realize, it comes to the realization that, A, uh, Daniel Jones isn't the guy for them. Uh, B, this team does lack the quality talent, say, compared to the Eagles that have depth to work with. And they know that even though they're at this point where they're in a conversation for a playoff run here and we'll find out against the commanders next Sunday night on primetime football, that they're going the right direction, but they're probably a year, if not two, away from being a, a, maybe a threat in the division. But the biggest question mark now going for them, Giant fans of that goat, is, Daniel Jones and what will happen with him after this season. And there is a lot of um, sentiment now that they believe that the quarterback right now for this team for week one, 2023, isn't on this roster. And that it'll be someone through either the draft or through trade or free agency that will come in there and be the starting quarterback for the G-Men next uh, fall. Yeah, we've discussed the Daniel Jones situation a lot. <laughs> um, but I can't, I think, you know, to me, I think it's 50-50. I think I think it's 50-50 because it's one of these deals like okay who who are they going to get and are they going to start over do they take someone in the draft um there're a lot of question marks but I think you know we're seeing right now there's a lot of teams that are realizing we're not really that good even no matter what our record might say say <laughs> say it is uh, right now well like the New York Giants guys are only in the playoffs right now because the NFC's bad Right? You know, I mean, the same thing, like with the, with the Washington Commanders. Like, that's why they're in the situation that they're in. It's not because, like, they're good. I mean, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, they're terrible, and they're actually winning the division uh, right now, although Carolina are only one game back. So, if the playoffs started now, if the season ended, this is what would happen. The Eagles would have the bye in the NFC. The New York Giants would take on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, in Minnesota, the Vikings are fraudulent. But they could win this football game. The Washington Commanders would be at San Francisco. Niners are starting to peak. They look great with Brock Purdy. Um, and you got the Dallas Cowboys at Tampa. And although I do think Tom Brady's always dangerous in a single-game elimination, this Tampa team, they just don't have it, Mo. They're like a 
They're like a boxer that was the champion a couple of years ago, and now they're just getting pummeled. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're just they're, they're just getting pummeled. Yeah, yeah, they're they're aging before our eyes. Godwin looks slow. Like they're it's just it's not the same team. Like there's no switch to flick. Like we keep waiting. Well, if they flick the switch, no, no, the switch is gone. There's no switch. The light. There's no switch to turn on. It's like an empty house. Yeah. Right. There's nothing yeah. to switch. They are kind of are who they are. <laughs> yeah. And, and watching the game from the airport, uh, at least the second half of that football game, you, you, you saw Tom Brady look lethargic, look ordinary out there, and you saw him have his head in his hands on the sidelines, and Brock Purdy looking like uh, uh, you know a young quarterback who was learning to grow in that position, perhaps be a guy that can, as we said before last week. He, Buy this team five weeks of repetitions, put them in a position to be a top three seed, maybe top two, who knows what could happen at that point here, and get to the tournament and be a, a, a thorn in everyone's side here. And I think for the Buccaneers now, the question is for Paul Bowles is that can he write the ship where he can get the right pass protection? Because today's game, you saw that front seven destroy and play with the riots in their mindset that at any given moment they're going to blast every Buccaneer player as they did. And there were some hard hits that were, were that were on display, clean hits that were. And I just thought today the Niners were fantastic and how they were able to bounce the offense and play great defense as well. One team that's on a roll right now, the Detroit Lions. And there was a lot of talk. I'll admit I was wrong. I like the Vikings today in this football game. And the Detroit Lions win again. Talking about, like, the playoff picture right now, the Lions are sort of – they're they're catching up. Like, they, they really are. Like, the Lions are, are getting close to playing significant football games down the stretch here right now. If you look at their Lions, they're 6-7. and seven. Okay, the Seattle, they're in ninth place right now. Seattle are in eighth place in the NFC at seven and six. Seattle plays San Francisco on Thursday. Yeah. Okay, it's in Seattle. You know, I mean, tough spot for San Francisco and Brock Purdy now. Okay, now you're going on the road on a short week. But still, we know San Francisco are a better team than Seattle are. The, 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 the Washington Commanders and the Giants are six and seven right now, respectively. And they're playing each other. Someone's going to lose unless they tie again. And the Detroit Lions are playing the uh, New York Jets. If the Lions are able to go into MetLife and beat the Jets and are 7-7, seven and seven, then it's real, man, for the last month, like the last four games here. It's getting real. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ladies and gentlemen, artists. Your husband's work is what we call outsider art. It could be by a mental patient or a hillbilly or a chimpanzee. 
The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Mo Khan kicking with us. TSN Radio in the house. And uh, we appreciate Mo joining us. Long day for Mo. He uh, went to the New York uh, Giant football game. And I got to say, though, Mo, you got in and out of there pretty quickly because it used to take me like four hours to get out of there. And <laughs> like with no traffic, like I got there in 11 minutes once with no traffic. Like basically wow. from where I lived in New Jersey to the stadium. Like I had yeah. it down. Like I knew the different times of the day and stuff when like, you know, when there was traffic, when there wasn't. Well, there's always traffic. Right. But like I'm talking like when I would leave, put it this way, like I would leave after sports trades late at night. So, um, Oh, it wasn't Sports Rage. I was doing um, whatever the, I was, whatever the show was. It was in game live or whatever. I was there till midnight. Right. I guess it was Sports Rage. I don't know. I don't even know, man. I've done like <laughs> so many shows. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I was there every night. All right, I was doing all the shows there every day. So game time decisions and Sports Rage, whatever. That's it. I was doing them all there. And um, at nighttime, it would take like, like I said, like eleven minutes, thirteen minutes type thing in that in that range. Yet when they played. It would take me like three, four hours. Like I gave up basically. Like I realized I'm better off just hanging out and watching the, you know, the four o'clock games at FanDuel and letting the crowd die down. But one thing to your benefit, see, I used to be screwed and I'd have to stay because I was doing the show. <laughs> so you were able to leave early and people were able to leave early. So I imagine it softened the situation to get out of there a little bit after because people left. But that's the one. Remember when they had WrestleMania there, bro? There was like 40,000 people stranded outside that place all night. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, here's what happened, Gabe, right? So my buddies and I left this morning from Montreal to Newark. I got to Newark around 1030. We took a cab from Newark to MetLife. In fact, they stopped the highway because there's two buses from the Eagles camp that had a, had a police uh, uh, escort coming to MetLife. So that delayed our arrival time by, by half an hour or so. And so we got out of there, I think, like 445, whatever it was. We got to LaGuardia by 530. And so the guy said, that's reasonably well for you to get out of MetLife to LaGuardia in 45 minutes. Um, it did cost a lot of money to get there, but uh, definitely uh, the, the help of the Giants that leaked earlier than expected made the traffic congestion a little bit less than before. Yeah, yeah, you are. That's uh, you, I'm not. That's that's uh, amazing. I never would have tried to pull that off. <laughs> to be honest, I would have. If you would have asked me, I would have said, "No, nah, that's not going to work, Mo. You're not. You're not going to make it. Uh, you're you're not going to make it." All right, Mo Kong came with us. So. We're going over the playoff picture here. We gave you the NFC yeah. playoff picture. And just quickly, as far as the Detroit Lions are concerned, as I stated, they get the Jets this week. And, you know, the Lions are doing something special right now. This is now, now they have to take their act outside. Jared Goff is playing elite football. They, they're bringing him back. They're, you know, they, they don't think they need a quarterback. And, hey, why would they the way that Jared Goff is playing? But the one... The one weakness that Goff has had, even though he's played well in a couple of bad weather spots this year, he, he has struggled in colder weather, in rainy weather, in snow, whatnot. You know what I mean? Just Jared Goff's not a good bad weather quarterback. He's going to have to be down the stretch here. But they're actually onto something here right now, man. That offense, and now they bring in Jameson Williams, right? The kid made his debut, scores yeah, a touchdown. Yeah. Man, they've got weapons on offense, and they're, I don't know. I don't want to use the word unstoppable, but it pretty much is. It's close to unstoppable, that offense. They're going to score on you. The defense it still has flaws. They played well today. but And everyone's going to talk about Kirk Cousins, this and that. Fine. I mean, but the fact is that Minnesota Viking defense, Mo, they gave up 464 yards today to the um, to the Lions. And this is, this is like a weekly occurrence now with the Vikings defense, just getting carved up for 400-plus yards. And you can't win football games like that. So I get it. Kirk Cousins is going to be the low-hanging fruit and the punchline that he sucks and he can't win big games. But the Viking defense has been getting killed and just torn apart, Mo, and it happened again today. Yeah, you know, and watch those highlights from MetLife. You saw a very confident Jared Goff look like a quarterback that we all thought he would have been when he was taken first by the Rams back in 2016. And, you know, you brought up a great point, though, Gabe, about the fact that, hey, they might keep off. Let's think about it from this perspective, short-term, long-term, right? The Lions own the Rams pick right now, which could very well be a top-five pick in the NFL draft by the time it's all said and done. 
So they can probably offload that if there's a team that's desperate for a quarterback. So they set themselves up for what should be a very deep quarterback draft class in 2024 with Drake May, Caleb Williams, and others that will come up in the next 12 months or so. Yeah, they don't need to. Yeah, I would. You're right. Listen, that's amazing. They never imagined that, isn't that? That's amazing that the yeah. Rams pick is going to be as high as it is in the end, right? right. That's like wow. They're you know they're they're surprised about that. And not to mention, the Rams are stuck with Stafford through like 2026 now. So, and you know, they, so the Lions don't have to deal with that. But the Lions' offense is fine. To me, I was thinking about with the Lions, they'll be in a good situation. I don't know. They're winning a bunch of games now. So, but like you said, with the Rams pick and their pick, they're going to be in a good spot. And they bring in Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, and, and Aiden's putting up numbers and making plays for them, but he needs help. Right to me, you know, yep. they need help in the secondary, and like Will Anderson, that's where I'm going with this. Like, if you're Detroit and Will Anderson is there, and other teams are taking these quarterbacks and stuff like that, if you can grab a Will Anderson, like you know, even with Hutchinson in Michigan, he had a Jabo on the other end, right? You need, right. you can't have one guy in the modern NFL. Look at the Eagles; they got like six guys. Uh, you need multiple pass rushers in the NFL nowadays. Look at the Bills; they lose Von Miller, Russo steps up. Like you need multiple pass rushers. So to me, if I'm the Lions, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to try to get Will Anderson out of Bama. I'm going to try to get one of the other, you know, big-time defensive tackles, maybe get some secondary help and just draft defense only, and then you really start to put something together here. And I've, I've been critical of Dan Campbell and wondering if he is the guy, but they're winning games, and, you know, he's made mistakes, but all coaches make mistakes. And, Mo, you were at the game today, but you should have seen, like, O'Connell today, bro. I don't know. It's like someone spiked his drink. No, it's like yeah. someone spiked his drink. They were down 21-7. They score a touchdown. They go for two for whatever reason. And then they, they, they you know, what I mean? why? What are you going to make a 21-15 for? What, what is the point of that? And then after, they're down 15 late, like nine minutes left or whatever. He's down, or seven minutes left. He's down 15. He needs two touchdowns, and he kicks a field goal to make it 12. You still need two touchdowns. Like, you know, like, honestly, like, Nate Hackett wouldn't even do some of the stuff that O'Connell did today. It kind of flew out of the radar, but I was on the air with Pharrell when it was going on, and I was just baffled by the stupidity of it. But um, it is what it is. But the Vikings have been exposed, Mo. It just, you know, they're good. They're not great, but they're not Super Bowl contenders. No, they're not. And they're they're quite quite a ways away. And in fact, the fact, Gabe, that the Lions were favored by two and a half points going into the game, right? In, in, the, in the predicament of the win-loss record of the Vikings have a superior record than Detroit does, that was remarkable because it, it's never often, Gabe, you know better than I do, but it's never often that you have a, a team with a lesser record with the favorite being two and a half points as a loss. I thought Detroit did very well for themselves today, and now we'll find out with that Jets game coming up here. Can they win when it matters most here? And whoever loses that football game, game, I think will be out of the playoffs by the time we complete next week's round of games in the NFL. So the Super Bowl odds right now, the Buffalo Bills are plus 380. The Philadelphia Eagles are plus 450, which actually I think is pretty good odds on, actually, the Eagles, to be honest. I'm surprised. They were like plus 400 before. I mean, you're getting the Eagles at plus 450, they're going to make it, uh, I guess. Or you could argue San Francisco at 9-1. to one. Uh, If I had to so I'm going to ask you now, Mo, if you had to pick right now, who do you think is playing in the Super Bowl against each other? Well, I, I, look, you asked me back in office, and I'm, I'm way off of my pick. I had New Orleans playing in the Buffalo Bills or whoever it was at the time. Anyway, so so now in my in my part two, I'm going to go off the board, Gabe. I think something about the Niners right now, it's it's tricky to, to assess Niners because we don't know anything about Brock Purdy yet. We'll know more about him by the time the, by the, time the end of the regular season happens for this team here. But give me the Niners and give me the Buffalo Bills because, Gabe, it's not how you play in, in October, November, where the Bills have been faltering. It's how you peak now, right? Yes, you lost Bob Miller for the year, but they're going to be healthy. If they get a strong running game and a great, a great defensive effort from what they have so far this year, the Buffalo Bills are going to be a tough team to beat no matter where they play, whether they play in Buffalo or on the road. So Bills, Niners, I think, will be the matchup in early February or exactly two months from tonight at Super Bowl 40, whatever it is, 58, whatever it is now that we'll have in Arizona in two months' time. Yeah, I can't argue. I think the Bills, the Bills are on the cusp. The Bills And the Bills are capable of winning on the road. So it wouldn't be, you know what I mean, They can. the Bills can win anywhere. 
one thing we'll notice, like if you, you you notice today, guys, the weather in Buffalo wasn't very good. And we're kind of softer now. Today's players are, I'm not going to say the players are softer, but they're not used to it. There's so many domes and just so, so even like the slightest weather throws everybody off nowadays. And like, you know, that wasn't that bad today. It was sort of like at MetLife. It was a little worse than Buffalo, but it was sort of like MetLife. You know, it was sort of blowing wind, snow, rain. It was, you know, it's just sort of moving through the game and changing. There were a couple of times during the game, there were like you know, these little pockets for 15, 20 minutes where it was pretty bad in Buffalo today. The wind was gone, the rains, it was like wet, snow, rain, whatever. Like, But anyways, I guess it was Romo that was doing the game. And I was on the air, but I don't know, maybe I heard it during the break or whatever. But he made a good point just about the Buffalo weather and about how it's just difficult, man. Right, it's hard for the Bills to move the ball there, Mo. Like I've complained about the Bills not being a great cold weather offense, but it really is hard on other teams, bro. Remember during the pandemic year when Baltimore went in there, it was bad weather and like yeah. the wind is well, howling. They really had a hard time dealing with it, and at least Buffalo is used to it. <laughs> like you know what I mean? So like that <laughs> Buffalo weather is real, guys, and it looks like it's going to be a nasty winter this year. So if I'm the Bills. You know, and you're, you you want to go to the Super Bowl? Buckle up! I think you're going to have to go through Buffalo. They're going to get home field, and I would expect at least one of their two home playoff games, Mo. It's going to be nasty weather, right? And it, it, so it takes away your offense right away. Like going in, you're kind of screwed. You're like, well, unless we can run the ball down their throat, we're in a lot of trouble today, guys. That's the bottom line when you play the Bills. It's piercing weather, Gabe. That's what it is. Remember last year against the Patriots, right? When they when they ran right on the pass, they scored what six six for six. That was a very cold weather day. Remember how cold it was in Buffalo at that time. So if you're going to play a team like the Bengals in Buffalo or a team maybe like the Chiefs, if they do get home from Buffalo, uh, it won't be easy for those air raid offenses to use. I know, I know, last Mike Leach, who we hope is going to get better from what he's going through right now, but. Those passing teams that will be in the playoffs here, can they do so in the play in, in the cold weather? And you know, Gabe, as well as anyone does when it comes to the NFL, you need a strong running game. You need help, and you need your defense to play well. If those three components are all synced up together, you're very tough to beat. And I'm not too sure those pass first teams can do so in Buffalo if they have to go in late Jan or mid Jan, whatever it is, uh, and play in Buffalo for the playoffs next month. All right, Mo, before we get you out of here, World Cup and Monday Night Football. Who do you got on Monday Night Football, Patriots or Cardinals? It's an ugly game, Gabe. <laughs> it's too bad they kind of fuck this game out of Monday Night Football. But given how the Cardinals have been of late, I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think the Patriots will come here and put more pressure on Cliff Newberg. Man, I think it's the Saints and the Rams or something next Monday, too. The fall, like the ne- next Monday's even worse. <laughs> it doesn't end. It's torture. All right, hang in here, Mo. We'll get Mo's uh, Final Four World Cup picks before we get him out of here. Late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. 
But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Time just uh, flying by here uh, tonight. Quickest 108 minutes in Sports Talk Radio. Mo Khan with us just for a couple of more moments. So we'll just, I want to get uh, Mo's take on the World Cup. We've got a lot of World Cup news, obviously. That's the thing with the World Cup. There's always going to be drama. They love drama in Europe and the tabloids and all that. But we've got some uh, news as far as the um, U.S. men's team is concerned. And uh, Gio Reyna was the player Greg uh, Berhalter almost sent home from the World Cup because of his extremely poor behavior before he apologized to the entire squad. And they actually had a team vote whether they should send him home or not. And it was (laughs) 13-12, the vote. (laughs) So we'll get into this a little bit after. Man, and soccer. These guys are all like, man, there's a lot of drama with these dudes. But you want drama, man. Crazy match with France and England. Kane yeah. pulls a Beckham and sails it into the stands. <laughs> At least he didn't blame the shoe. Remember Beckham blamed the shoe? He goes, ah, oh, my shoe. Yeah. My shoe fell apart. Like, oh, this is my shoe. It's like, bro, you make a lot of money from Adidas. But uh, what's your prediction for the Final Four? Who do you got winning the World Cup now, Mo? Uh, I think it'll be France, Argentina. I think that France will take on the pressure from Morocco. They'll pull away in the second half. I think Argentina, can they crack open that lower block of Croatia? They'll play tough defending that game that we'll have on Tuesday. But I think those are the two best teams, and they'll meet up next Sunday. And by the time we converse next week, I think France will win, even though they are down a lot of bodies right now with who is not playing at the World Cup for them this uh, season for in, the, in Qatar. Mo, it's always a pleasure. Get some rest. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us, Mo. Always, man. Speak to you soon, pal. Have a great week. There's uh, Mo Codd uh, with us. The phone was cutting in a little bit. It wasn't, like, bad enough to let him go, but it was sort of like, you know, <laughs> it was one of those deals. But uh, thanks, Mo. Yeah, we got all kinds of soccer news, too. And, in fact, the English media reporting that Gareth Southgate is the front runner to take over the United States men's national team. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways your dedicated fidelity advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened visit fidelity.com wealth investment minimum supply fidelity brokerage services llc member nyse sipc